welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. Today, we conclude our interview with Vijay Iyer of AMP Sound Branding. Vijay and I discuss the importance of putting real thought into what your brand sounds like. He finished the last interview with the brilliant example of the James Bond franchise. Be sure to check it out if you haven't already. All music and sound should be looked at, not as does your brand fit to the sound, but does the sound fit to your brand? AMP put out a report on the best audio brands. Was it of 2019? I'm guessing 2019, not 2020. So we, uh, we started actually best audio brands, the ranking uh, we did for the first time last year. And it, it kind of touches on a number of the things that you asked, right? So really figuring out um, what's, the, what's the current situation out there. Are brands effectively using Sonic? Um, and uh, to start us off, what we looked at and, and how, how can you improve that? Where, how can you create more efficiency? How can it be uh, more engaging? So particularly just kind of getting a level set and then also looking at it over time. So 2020 is our second report. We built it off the Interbrand Top 100 because we needed a reference point from a perspective of, okay, what are the top 100 brands? Also one that a lot of marketeers can follow and say, okay, I get that. And then kind of taking those brands and flipping them over in context of, okay, so how do these brands perform when it comes to the efficiency of their Sonic, the engagement levels, recognition, and then also to a certain extent, if you think about it from a perspective of investment, what is kind of the return on investment to a certain extent? How much stock music are they using versus maybe composed music or their own music where you can hear the brand? So all things that I think the modern marketeer looks at and says, okay, in, in other parts uh, of the business looks at and says, okay, I really want to know how my brand fares. And that's how we, how we got into best audio brands, really. Can you kind of touch on why MasterCard all of a sudden just got to the top of the list? I think it's interesting. So um, we got into a situation where um, essentially MasterCard took the top spot this year, which was McDonald's before. And the reason is primarily, there's a number of reasons. But I think one of the primary reasons is because MasterCard has done something. They, they started off with um, creating a sonic identity across the board that is similar to basically a sonic DNA-based approach. And then they did something really good, which is they took it and then consistently rolled it out across touch points. hear the brand, not just on TV and in digital media, but you also hear it at the POS. There's integration across other platforms into experiences. For instance, the Priceless Restaurant in New York, which also features a whole sonic concept and soundscape that is built around the sonic DNA. So the great thing that Raja Rajaman and his team have done is around the globe is really taking sonic and flowing it into the whole customer experience and doing that very consistently. So that's one of the reasons why you see MasterCard rise because the flip side is that some of the other brands that are still in the top 10 in parts maybe even step back a little bit because they, albeit that they might have strong sonic elements, uh, McDonald's is a great example where we've actually seen them use their sonic logo, yeah, a little less in the material that we looked at. And we don't really know why that is, but uh, you see a lot of movement within those brands. The, the, the completion, if you look at the other brands that kind of complete the top five shells in there, they do have a sonic identity that they've rolled out and um, has some really strong elements. 
Uh, but then you also have brands like Apple, Amazon, and Google in there. And in their case, it's less so because they have a very clear sonic identity that kind of runs through everything, but they do have immense strength in the case of Apple around the product sounds that they have that are very recognizable from our device, from all of the devices that we have to the way that they apply music in the context of their ads and other things. And then particularly voice. I think Google and uh, Amazon have risen immensely because of the proliferation of voice and the amount of interactions that happen there. So a few different angles, but in MasterCard's case, it's really truly because of how they've uh, consistently over the last 12 to 18 months started rolling out the Sonic brand as part of their sense-focused um, uh, or census-focused marketing strategy, and that being one of the key elements of that strategy. Do you think that it's not as simple as this, but the fact that MasterCard committed to it, so they came up with something and then they just went for it. Do you think that that was a huge factor? Maybe not just that they went to number one, but just that it was so well received. Um, do you think they could have come up with something that maybe wasn't quite on point, but they stuck with it? Do you think that they would have had the same effect just because they didn't just try it here and try it there and try it here? It was all encompassing. Just your your thought on that. Yeah, I think it's the question is um, also centered around authenticity, right? So um, what's really, really important in that context is with what they have, they have an ability to authentically cater to different types of cultures, to different types of executions, um, so whether it's a sponsorship that they do in one space that requires maybe um, the, the sonic assets around that to be a little bit more centered around that. So I th I'm thinking uh, they've done some work in the space of uh, League of Legends and the, the context that they created there was very much around that, that style of League of, League of Legends, making authentic music that still mm -hmm. feels like MasterCard but kind of fits in that. And then the, the, we, we found um, some work that they did in the inclusion space. So... Um, their CEO is very much focused on financial inclusion and the social responsibility. Arm of MasterCard does a lot of in that space. And so similar there, you, see, you hear music in that space or sounds used um, that all are derived again from the sonic DNA, but at the same time, uh, very much focused and tied to the moods and the finalities of that space. So making it authentic, I think that um, seems to me is something that MasterCard's all about across the board in the way that they communicate. And I think Raja Rajamanar is, is as their CMO and CCO is too. And I think they've done a really good job in making it authentic at the respective touch point. And a lot of it is obviously expressed through the music that you hear, um, but making it culturally relevant um, and authentic is I think important. And that's kind of interesting that follows the philosophy that we have too, um, in the way that we then work with artists from all around the world to create authentic pieces of um, music versus it just being a composer sitting in New York or Munich or in Singapore working on a piece of music and trying to make it sound like something. I think they do a really good job in that space and that kind of added to putting them in the number one position. And um, that kind of goes into another question that I had when I was researching you guys. There was a lot talked about on your site about how you're very international and very multicultural and that you bring that into your company, which I respect. I, I, I'm just fascinated by how the more we authenticate ourselves on the diverse spectrum of everyone, the more sincere we are. How do you feel that your team being so diverse and global has inspired creations that are more widely received and understood? 
And actually, you asked me earlier how I got to AMP. And after a long time in, in the corporate world, I had an opportunity within that environment to also be part of a founding member of a, of, of a startup and work, work in that space. But I, where the culture obviously is um, always a little different, even within the nucleus or being like with inside a larger organization. Uh, but the thing about AMP um, that I loved is when I met the team the first day, so after talking to Uli and Michele, I walked around and, and kind of got introduced. And given my personal background, that is very much centered in diversity and inclusion and from a personal history perspective, but also as a leader. The first person I met, I think, was our head of strategy. And he is from Iceland, studied behavioral science and uh, music, but also had a bar for a year in London. The next person I meet is from Poland, and she is an electro-soul musician that travels on the weekends and plays concerts um, while she also is on a creative and composing and production team. The next person is from the Middle East. So it's kind of, and everybody brings their own perspective. All of us love music and sound, but as for any team, and I think that's true for, um, for many, many companies, but truly, if you bring that diversity to the table and also have, and this is great about the culture at AMP, a very open approach to it. So where people can bring ideas to the table and where it's an inclusive way of collaborating and natural interest in each other, can we create sonic and great music? So it's, it's helped us immensely because a lot of the clients that we work for are international. And a lot of the marketing departments that you talk to deal with this issue of, okay, I'm the central marketing person. And I've been in those shoes myself uh, in Europe and in other positions where it's like, okay, I'm here centrally. And now I'm trying to explain to somebody in Spain or in uh, Canada or in India or in China how they should be doing something. No, that's not my job. My job is to give them the tools that they can recreate authentic experiences, but at the same time, stay true to their brand. And I think that's the philosophy that we have inside that is represented. I think we're, if I'm not mistaken, we speak 10 or 12 different languages, 15 different countries. Coincidentally, um, I think even though the company is in Munich, there's only one or two German people in the company. <laughs> the rest is really um, spread within the spread within the team. The diversity rate also from a, from a perspective of female leaders that we have on the team is very high. So it's diversity from a gender perspective, it's diversity from a cultural and impact perspective. Um, and that goes for, as we, as we broaden the team into other regions of the world, it's really, really helped us. And those different musical backgrounds are also immensely helpful because it just um, gives you a better understanding of what works in which markets and how people feel. And yes, we research as well, but having this initial conversation uh, with all of that, that diversity at the table is immensely helpful in guiding um, and helping and supporting our clients. I feel like it just kind of like opens up the world. I, I wrote an article based on an, an interview I did with Dr. Joan Palmiter Bajoric of Women in Voice. And yeah. I talked about it like the world is a spider web. You know, we're all telling different stories. We're all a different part of the web. You can't just look at one section of a spider web to see what it is. Uh, you have to look at every different perspective to get the full story. And I just, I, I love seeing things like that where everybody is represented. Everybody has a voice because we're all just as important. I, I am female, but I'm not saying that females need to be ruling the world. Uh, it should be just that we all have an opportunity to speak. And if a female should rule, rule the world, then that's great. But, um, <laughs> 
I fundamentally, I, and I, I mean this, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast and maybe because I'm a girl dad, but I, I definitely feel that um, we should have females ruling the world. The country that I grew up in and uh, get to vote in has a female leader and I don't, whether and not to make this political, but I think there is a, it, you see it around the world. I think there is so much potential there, but I, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. And a whole different <laughs> it's a whole and other I, thing. I yes. believe that our six-year-old at this point already thinks she's the female leader of oh. the world. <laughs> My five-year-old thinks so. Yes. I think when she was three, she decided that she, she actually said the words, mom, you don't know everything. Yes. I'm uh, like, yeah. oh, great. I, and I, yeah, I get to, I'm six years old. I know, I know daddy. Um, uh -huh. So I think back to your point and it, it, you, you mentioned something really interesting. Um, and I was, as I was listening to the podcast and it's been even a conversation in our space because we talked about voice earlier, right? So the conversation around the gender of the voice mm -hmm. is an amazing conversation that's happening at the moment. Is it male? Is it female? Is it a genderless voice? Do we, what do we need to consider? And I, there's so much, there's research around it, but there's also so much personal notion around that conversation that obviously being in a diverse environment, people bring different ideas to the table. And we've had, an, we've had amazing conversations about this on our team, but then also taking a step back. And I touched on this earlier with the idea of how do you translate sonically translate your brand through a DNA into different touch points, it all comes down again to similar to in other spaces, what am I trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. so what is the best voice for a specific type of interaction? Mm -hmm. And at that point, then you can make a determination of does it require agenda? Does it require agenda? Does it like what are all of the right things to make decisions? But it also it always starts with what is the type of emotional engagement that I want to have with a customer and also which state are they in when they connect with me through a specific channel. Um, so voice, I think in that specific context is very interesting. And I love that the, the whole conversation around diversity in the voice space, um, because I think it's very close to the conversation that we're having around diversity, inclusion in general, in, in, across all industry, not just music. What I found in the voice industry is that it's, it's large, but it's not. And so you get to know people pretty well. And everyone is so supportive of one another. Everyone's excited for them to succeed and, you know, provide resources. And it's just, it's beautiful. And that's how I think the world should run. But that's just me. <laughs> no, but it's true. I think we're, um, as I said, we've, we've really accelerated the work on voice as a key sonic element over the past 12 months. And just this week, we've had a number of conversations again about it, and we're seeing we're, we've got uh, clients, a, num a number of clients that are coming to us, and also new new clients that we just won that have explicitly have asked for, yes, we want to understand what we sound like in the context of voice and what it does for us, uh, both internally and externally. Mm -hmm. um, and that it, it, the funny thing, it even starts with the question of, it doesn't even have to be a voice assistant, right? It even starts with the question of what does your brand sound like if you were to use voice over talent. So the idea of what's the, um, there's, there's so many things before the, the actual assistant. We think about the digital assistant in many ways because it's, the, um, it's uh, what's currently a big topic, but mm -hmm. um, the, similar to how does my brand sound like in music or translated into musical terms, the same is true for what does it sound like from a tonality perspective and also what does it say? not to digress, but I had a, I, one of the positions I had over the years, which where I realized that how, um, how interesting it is, is I was the global head of communications for OnStar, the mm. blue button in mm -hmm. uh, many different GM vehicles. And once you've 
been in a situation where you had to hit that red or blue button in the car and you listen to the emergency advisors that are on the phone and how they manage everything from getting somebody to the hospital in a very dire situation, helping somebody in the car until first responders arrive, or even helping deliver babies. Mm. And the way that they speak and how they express that brand of helping and helping people to be safe, that's a really interesting consideration of how, what a brand sounds and sounds like through the, the voice of a, of a human being. And that then translated into the future of technology from a perspective of voice assistance takes another whole different form. So very important to think about that as a brand and very exciting space for us. Yeah, that definitely would, uh, you'd have to do a lot of consideration for that because most likely if they're pushing that button, they're in, uh, they're stressed out, they're worried, they want someone to help them, comfort them. So all those factors need to be involved when you're thinking about what this sounds like vocally or just auditory. Um, yeah, so um, I'm going to end with one more question. And I just from your perspective, I'd like to know what have you been seeing out there in the sound space and sonic branding and sound marketing that's really fascinated you, something that's really gripped you and gone, oh, wow, that's the future. That's really cool. I don't know if it's the future at AMP as we look at this idea of how do brands sustain over time from a sonic perspective. I mentioned the James Bond example, right? So our, our view and the, the hope that we have is that uh, when we develop a sonic DNA and around that a sonic identity for our clients, that the longevity of having the ability to always shape as things change mm-hmm. is is something that uh, we look at. And then with that, we try and keep an eye on everything that's going on in the space um, and kind of where cultural things that are changing around the world, technologies that are changing. We mentioned voice a number of times, which I do believe is is, is a key technology that is growing really fast. I, I just saw something that the MIT lab released a like a platform where you can have famous voices read to your kids spongebob and uh my little pony script obviously so i'm trying to figure out how we can do that so and but where that goes from a perspective of if i think of a generation like uh i think it, they're called generation uh alpha i think is the is the oh, generation is that what we're our, at now? oh my goodness i think it's uh, it's the it's the generation of our our the younger kids like the three to or the uh, the now born until maybe 10 or so and how they're going to interact in the future. So I'm, I'm really looking at that, or we're really looking at that in the space. And there's some really interesting work happening uh, specifically in that voice interaction space. The other thing is the rise of audible content in the context of particularly podcasts. <laughs> I saw a statistic that I think on average um, in the US, people listen to about seven podcasts a week and how those have become brands and kind of also help rebrand individuals and give them a platform uh the same is true you see it in other channels sound voice combined maybe also with visual grow immensely um if you think about platforms like tiktok and others where they wouldn't really work without sound so i'm looking we're looking at all of those and how they form cultural behavior the last few weeks i think the last seven or eight weeks or nine weeks have also been a really good reminder on how um music and sound really can touch us in our deepest and also can can bring us together. While there is an impact there from an advertising perspective, because we see a lot of brands out there that are kind of actively advertising in the context of COVID, and they all feel very similar. There's a great video out there 
um, that kind of talks about that. And they also feel very similar from a music perspective. You do see some brands that have unique sonic identities like MasterCard where they're very much in that cultural moment, but at the same time, you can still recognize the brand. So I think as we go through this in the future and think about how we as marketeers use Sonic in, in as, an, as a mean of differentiation, this has been a good training ground, I think, in the context of what that means for marketing um, or branding. But at the same time, coming back to my point, I think what um, it's been great to see the reminder of how music and sound can be a connecting element, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as we're in our homes, as we spend more time with our families, as you see more and more people play music again at home or step outside and play music for first responders. And there's something in there that I think um, we should harness and keep with us as we go through the next uh, one or two years and see where that goes. So not forgetting the power of music and the power of sound and what it does to us both personally, as well as um, how we can leverage that professionally. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Um, Yeah. During this time, we're all sensitive. We're all going through the same thing, which in that itself, I think is beautiful that we're all on the same level playing field. Everybody is experiencing this. And when we can bring music and sound in to relate, to comfort, to help. Um, there's just so many elements that music is stepping up and it's stepping up more than other outlets a lot now. And so I think that with the mass population realizing that more and more, I think that sound and voice will have a bigger opportunity to step up in marketing and advertising and all that because just this is validating it, that it is important, that it is making a difference. And like you said, there's something in this. We need to discover it. We need to unwrap it more to to just tell our story that much stronger. You hit it right there, storytelling. I think what we're, we always talk about storytelling in that how brands want to be storytellers. Music has, and sound um, in long form and short form, has such an immense power to be a core element of storytelling that even goes beyond the visual. And I think um, that's what we see. That That's kind of another, as we, you perfectly put it, it's exactly what we see happening in the world today. So that's where I think a lot of the, the potential lies for brands to look at this and say, okay, how can we integrate that into our storytelling in, in an engaging and in a relevant and authentic manner? And storytelling, that's a whole other episode as well. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but VJ, thank you so much for your time and your insight. And it's just always nice to meet a new person. So I'm glad that we were able to connect. Thank you so much for having us. I'm really happy that we got the chance to, and I got the chance to, to talk to you. And also, same here. Uh, this is a great moment to meet a new person and build a new connection. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you again. And you have a great day. Sound creates a universal identity that breaks down barriers and interprets our human culture and societies as a whole. Culture affects technology, that affects industries, that affects world economies. It's all important, it all matters, and it all must be considered. Big thought to leave you with, but there you are. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. 
for inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. We all make sounds. Let's make them on purpose. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.